win. He got checked, the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the pool. Gate holders months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the bush, it is 15, lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, pinky thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? He'd stay till closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has the pull to win. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office preview podcast. Huge days racing in Brisbane. Ten of the best up there. And the biggest plus of all, we look like we're going to be on a better side of soft for the meeting, which is fantastic. Been a while since we've had a meeting on the East Coast with a firm track for feature racing blanks. It has been, but Eagle Farm is um, almost, almost weatherproof. So, um, yeah, so we're looking at the, the good side of soft, Nathan. Yeah, definitely. Good morning to you, gentlemen. That's it. I'd be saying good for, and you know, they might put up something different, but um, you don't want to be looking at wet trackers. I'm interested to see how much the form differs tomorrow from what we saw a fortnight back. Generally, Eagle Farm's been a horses for courses type track, and you, you know, a horse like Paul Elliott is a good example there that we don't think he's, he's at his best on rain-effective going, but he handled it pretty well that day. So... Whether it's a different beast tomorrow, um, it will be. It will be because we're running good four as opposed to the slow times they were running last time. But um, if you saw one handle at a fortnight back, don't be afraid to support them again tomorrow. Yep. Looks, I think it's back. It's a completely different beast to what it was 12 months ago. It used to be a bit funky, whereas I don't think it is anymore. Yeah, and that's to do with, I think, that the grass is getting on it. You're seeing them run run better times here at Eagle Farm now. I mean, even the other day after the 100 mils, Boom Nova ran 57.1 and 33.6 in race one on that really wet day. And then, then the track sort of opened up a bit and it deteriorated from that point. But, yeah, they do let down a lot better, I believe, uh, at the moment. And that's certainly borne out in the times. And it's a, it's a better spectacle, the racing here. And hopefully we'll see a few quicken up tomorrow. Yep, certainly... Obviously got a few of the features from last week. It's one that certainly changes a lot, I think, in terms of the opposition, certainly, is the Dooming Cup. I think Zaki on a heavy 15 was a little different to what is going to be there tomorrow. A horse like Polly Gray, just looking at her record, her best speed figures, looking at good and then heavy, there's about seven lengths difference. So it's a completely different ball game for her. And I think Zaki, while he got through it, I don't think he really loved it at the Gold Coast. And I actually think a dollar forty. I know it's stupid, but there's probably a bit of value in that price. He, if he turns up, he's a legitimate dollar ten chance. I agree with all of that. Probably Gray probably goes from being a legitimate eight dollar chance to a thirty eight dollar chance. Um, I agree. You know, dollar twenty looks about right for me because that that query of you know bottomless ground. But now it comes down to a class factor, and um, he's in a league of his own there. So no doubt uh, Adam will be wheeling the truck up and and um, tipping into his favourite horse again tomorrow. No, I'll just be on the sidelines throwing rotten tomatoes over the fence at him. <laughs> But that does As he, as he quick picks up $8 million he gets tomorrow with a $200,000 bonus. For, a thanks for coming bonus for winning the Hollandale at Doombin Cup. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, yep. I can't add much. It probably doesn't need doesn't need a lot of chat because um, no. he'll walk in. One interesting yep. point on the race. So he'll be the first back-to-back winner this century and the first since the mighty rough habit to do so in 91, 92 and 93. Young Simo was just alive then. More reason to build it. 
but yeah, it should, it should be a case of uh, how far with Zaki there tomorrow. Looking at the other Group 1 race, the Kingsford Smith Cup. It's two more Group 1 races. I know. Looking at the other, um, just moving our way across. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, take it easy. Don't um, sell the card. I'm not underselling. The Kingsford, The interesting one, we touched on this with Paulelli going into the Doom and 10,000. He had established himself at sort of around the 115, 116, and then last up was a clear new peak for him on our numbers, time form rating of 121. Do you mm-hmm. believe it, Nathan, or how are you approaching him? I do believe, and I feel the market is wrong. Um, I think he should be clear favourite, uh, even though in Trivier was the one with the big flashing light on and did an extraordinary job to get as close as she did. I can't see how tomorrow sets up any differently to what it did last time. I've also got a query on her whether she's at her absolute best when she's fresh. A look at her form. She's raced twice on a 14-day turnaround, being beaten favourite both times. So I'm, I'm risking her and I pull her out and it puts him clearly on top. And just given the run he's going to get, um, I, I find it hard to get away from him. I think that's pretty fair. I think, that's, I think the visual of Entrevier closing the other day was more spectacular than the figures were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she, did, she just gets set the same task, doesn't she? Mm. Um, that's right. Yeah, so that, right. Is a, um, that is a sticking point. But they're the, they're the front of the market, that pair, and so they should be. I think that's, you know, that's a very reasonable position to take because they're the only two that really have the form to, to be a, a typical Group 1 weight for age sprint winner. In this field, mm. I would say there's a few others on the fringes, um, and the other, the obvious one that's on the fringes to me is, and maybe looks a little bit big because I would think that she's third pick is September run. Yes, well, she's already ticked the Group One weight for age winner box, regardless of whether it meets your benchmarks or not, uh, <laughs> I, uh, Adam. I keep but a high it's in the, it's in the <laughs> it's in the record book says that she is. She still hasn't got back to that spring autumn. Um, straight track form and probably never will, but doesn't need to here. I, I do think she's a little bit dangerous in this field. What do you make of that run in the Sangster? Because, you know, I couldn't have Snap Dancer in this race. Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean, but Snap Dancer did, whether it looked right or right or not, or whether it fit in with, with what she'd been doing previously, Snap Dancer did produce pretty good sustained speed there. And I, I thought, September run. Surely they, I think they probably would have loved to have settled closer, but she was just a bit slow into stride there. In fact, I see the little stewards report here slipped at the start. So she probably just got a little bit out of her ground and, and was chasing a, a long way out. I think she'd rather coil the spring up a little bit or, or settle closer. So, um, yeah, for all of that, I think she's a, I think she's a slightly better mare than Isotope. And as you know, I think Isotope's a better mare than away game. So, Mm. And I think they're all better than Apache Chase and Ellsberg, who are Group Three handicappers. Yes. So, which is yes. and even you know an eleven eleven fits the same bill. They're more. Um, they should be in the BRC sprint, shouldn't they? Well, I agree with that. I think you know September run Isotope could win this without surprising me. Whereas I would really lift my eyelids if say an Ellsberg eleven eleven or Apache Chase were to win it. Um, I I think Isotope. Uh, gets back on track here um, and makes herself the one to beat in the straight broke. She's got 52 and a half in two weeks' time. Regardless of whether she wins this or not, that stays the same. She She's hated the ground both times we've seen her this preparation. 
Uh, Stable consider her to be going enormously. She worked here on Tuesday morning with Needorp, who's a slick enough short courser, and she she gave her a hiding. I think she's in really good shape, Isotope, and whether she wins this or not, I'm very confident that she gets back on track, runs a much better race, and puts herself in the top few for the big handicap in a fortnight. I read during the week on Trevier is not going to the Stradbroke because of the weight. Is that actually legit? That's uh, the quote from Mark Ward was on the lines that they thought that it was too big a task for her to win that race with the weight she has been given and that this would be the better option. Um, of course, if she wins this, it's pretty hard to turn your nose up and just say, well, we're not, we're not coming because uh, it's, a, it's a, basically it's a function of the race. I think we were left with what Kementari is the artificial top weight with, with the lack of what's the names, but 55 and a half kilos is what Entrivia has got, which is a, a decent whack for a mare. But you know, if, she, if, if she's winning here and there's a million and a half on offer in a fortnight's time, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't have a crack. They surely run. It'd be beyond farcical if they didn't run over what? What are they, half a kilo, kilo or something that they're worried? Like, honestly, just run. I mean, I mean imagine if yeah. she doesn't run in the Stradbroke off winning this and Zaki doesn't run in the Q22 off winning the Doom and Cup. They're both running. God almighty. Well, I mean, the interesting thing, like Counter Rupee's not going on the Stradbroke. Like, what are these guys doing? Anyway, that's another story. Yeah, well, I thought the Stradbroke was probably a better race than the 10,000, but anyone. You thought correctly. They, the whole trick to winning a handicap is running well away for age and then dropping down in the weights. Like, it, it works everywhere across the country. And yeah. Counter Rupee was just on track to run a screamer in a Stradbroke and he's in the paddock because they're setting him for what? It's mm. bizarre. But... Isotope, Rothfire, to a Queensland Stars. Are we, for me, Rothfire, it's D-Day. We'll find out if he's gone. Because I thought he was okay last start and third up now he should be at his top. Do you give him any chance on Saturday? I think the same. Uh, I thought he was good, um, probably in the slower part of the track last time. Um, set up for those just off the speed. He was the best of those uh, on speed. Um like you can't convince yourself that he's anywhere near the horse he was, but just out thirteen hundred, maybe that slightly softer tempo and drawn out where he can just work into the race. I don't think he's hopeless for sure. One you guys did dismiss was eleven eleven, which I'm not too in agreement with. He never goes well fresh, and he's ran really well there. And the big tick for me first up was Hugh Bowman rode him, so he obviously was there to play ball. And second up. Bowman stays on, he's going to get the perfect run. I think if you're having a quaddy, don't leave 11, 11 out. I know he doesn't have the class in terms of a wait for age, but if we're saying Trevier is going to get back and we don't give him much chance from there, and then I've got a niggle on Whoa, whoa. <laughs> no one's saying they don't give him much chance. I do. I wouldn't want to back her if she's going to be last. And, you know, then the race, and if Pallelli doesn't repeat what he did, all of a sudden that is the race. So yeah, I wouldn't be completely dismissive of the handicap form here because – the two at the top who have the weight for age form could be a bit shaky. So I'll be going wide. Okay. I'm hoping that it's a better race than that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think 11-11 looks a 50 shot. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah no. I don't agree with that. Weight for age sprints have been won like the second tier at 116. Yeah, and he's not that good. Yeah, I don't know about that. I would be I'd be genuinely surprised. That would... That would Rattle me. I'd be like, gee whiz, that's um, mm. Kingswood Smith, 11-11. If we shifted it 100 kilometres down the road, I could possibly entertain him because I think he grows a leg at the Gold Coast. But 
I'm not sure his form anywhere else lines up with that. Fair enough. We shall see. The Queensland Derby, what do we make of the favourite? Do you think he'll stay? Who's going first? The X Factor. Me, me, me by the sounds of it. So I'll, I'll put myself up for ridicule. Um, I don't think he's a genuine stayer, so but that doesn't mean that he might not be good enough to win this, which is, you know, doesn't look to be a great derby on paper. I'll put my hand up and say it's a race on the card, one of the few races on the card that I have not bet into. I'm just happy to watch it play out. Sort of paternal sort of jumped out of the ground there. The one horse in the race that might be something that goes all right is Pinarello, who's only lightly raced, got the right breeding, you know, really astute stable, who specifically targeted this. He's not worried at all by missing the run two weeks back. In fact, he's buoyed by missing out on that that tough ground. And he comes off what looks to me to be a career best, and he's still on an upward spiral. So he's the one that if someone said, you've got to have a bet in the race, I would I would be backing. But with the same token, we've seen some of these keywords here on 15th first up as well. So not a race that I'm confident in. So you can do your best to um, to try and change my mind or, or make me a little more keen on the race. He's the big tip around town, isn't he, Pinarello? You are excited about this a couple of weeks ago. Well, some a couple of just some of the older trainers here, like um, you know BJ Smith and Barry Baldwin, they've seen him and they've just been really taken by him as a type. And you know, Roger James is really bullish about him, and I've known Roger for a long time. He's not overly someone who goes out of his way to be a tipping machine, but you know, just put it on him last night on the playbook on Sky, and it was a one-word answer. You know, yes, is in. Can you win the race? It was yes. He obviously thinks that this horse is, is well up to this, and given that it's not a weak derby, and given that Roger's got some pretty decent benchmarks to to work off of previous three year olds, I have to respect it. So Kiwis in Australia, straight off the plane, win one point two eight times what you would expect at random. So there is a positive net effect there. So they are okay. some, they are something to find. He's really mm. interesting, Pinarello, because we have no idea. I don't think how good he is. He's beaten, mm. I mean, if you crawl through Nothing. the form, he's beaten a maiden mm. in that yeah. championship stakes. Werther won that on his way across. So we'll see this mm. horse in Hong Kong. Probably. And, well, Tavistocker, yeah. He's owned by Cambridge Stud. Yeah, so a bit different. The same, as, same colours as Probably. Mm. His New Zealand derby run is fine. The wins either side of it are both in farcically run races. So he ran big splits to win that benchmark 65 the same day, same track and distance as the good filly, La Creek. Mm. When she was smashing up, well, Tutakaka was there and um, Regal Lion, who we've seen here, and, and a little bit of other form that, that sort of we can cross-reference, if you like. Pinarello Splits said that he would have been competitive in that Avondale Guineas that day. Good enough in the derby. And then same thing last time, the finishing speed ratio is over 107%. So they've walked and he's put a space on them again. So he's got two big margin wins in slow races, which tells me he's... Um, He's sort of he's completely covered up. We have no idea how good he is, um, and he's bred to be uh, very good. Tavistock, Tavistock's had three run. Here, I got fun facts, mate. <laughs> Tavistock, I like these three runners in the New Zealand in the Queensland Derby ever, which is a surprise. He's got four mm. this year, and Pinarello. Is, right. Yeah, Pinarello's the the pick of them clearly, and out of a Zabil mare, which I wouldn't need to tell you, Nathan is a pretty hot cross. Yeah, Rogers. Um, I think Rogers said he trained the mum, and he's had an awesome amount of fun with the Beals. Zonda is my favourite Roger James horse. We never saw the best of him here in Australia, but then 
His other good one, Solon Achiever, was O'Reilly out of as a Bill Mare. So he's got a soft spot for the breed. Yeah. I My suspicion is I'm looking at Dark Destroyer and we'll, we'll stick to the breeding theme. So Poissy's mm. stats fall in. They go to half once you go past 2,000 metres in yeah. terms of winners mm. to runners. So it's a query. I, it's not actually – it feels like we might be splitting hairs because the he stayed the trial well. It was a well-run trial. He stayed it well enough over 21.43 in testing ground and, you know, what's another furlong? But – It matters. He's – He's been very fast. We talked about him after the um, mm. Queensland Guineas. He showed real speed there late, um, which is a, a bit of a niggle. Paternal looks probably too short to me. The SP ratio between him and Dark Destroyer last time was 75-25 and now it's 60-40, but he beat him fair and square. So that's putting a lot of faith yeah. in he'll just outstay him. I think too much yeah. faith. Mm-hmm. And so all of that to me anyway leads to me thinking I'd just bet on the unknown just Pinarello. Mm. I have no idea how good he is. His profile says probably quite good. <coughs> and well, then behind them, it's a very thin derby. Yeah. This is a classic race for me where you go looking for different form because if you sort of have a pox on the lead up, which I think you have to with Paternal running second, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Pinarello jumps off the page and then you've got Kabosh who's fourth pick. Like what? And he's no good. And he's no yeah. like he's yeah. no he's no good. Um, horses Ting Tong Global Osbred like what? So all of a sudden yeah. you can understand why the, there is the mm. groundswell for this Pinarello. I think it's a really interesting bet because you're betting on the unknown, which I like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to price, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so it's hard for the market to price as well. So there's some chance you're getting a mistake. I mean, there's some chance the mistake's on your side, but it's interesting. Mm. Have we convinced you to have a bet yet, Nathan? Yeah, I think you have. I think you have. We've just, um, Mission accomplished. There was, $8, there was $8 I saw, and um, I'm not sure if that's still around or not, but um, all right, we'll just put our faith in. Lee Thinners has won a, a 2400 Classic here. He rode provocative um, to win the Oaks a few years, but she jumped from barrier 16, so he's in a, he's in similar territory again on, on this guy. I suspect they roll forward here um, and just put him in the race and see if he's good enough. That's what we want. Oh, they've got to do there that. There we go. There's nothing. They're not waiting for anything after this, are they? So, um, nope. As I said, he's been in all these slow tempo races. The time to find out is now. Yep. So pull Grand the, final yep. day. Pull the trigger and let's see. As I said, there's, there's enough in behind him there to think that the the balance of probability is that he is good, I think. And you're being told he okay. is. So you're getting a bit of both. One race which we need your help with. Yeah. Probably one of the races of the day, uh, the Fred Best Classic. We were against Prince of Boom last start and what, Egg an, ex- on the face. what an expensive nose that was sort of state. <laughs> still still <laughs> reeling from that one. He's come up favourite again. Startontes gets out to 1,400. Jamie Carr. Kiss sum's interesting for me. I'm not really sure where he fits in. Ranchan, Alpine Edge, Flying Crazy, Battleton. Can you give us any clarity here? Can I predict you before you go? Surely Ranchan yes. is the one that sticks out there. Now go. Well, I've, I've had material in the in the media for 24 hours, so I think he is an absolute standout, special, great bet branch hand. I'm um, a month in, and I'm I'm getting a good feel for you now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a horse we saw here last year. He wasn't furnished, but he's. Chris Wall has kept putting him in good races the whole way along, telling us that he's got an opinion of him. Now we saw he ran. Incredibly behind Home Affairs in the Coolmore. We saw him run credibly behind Animo in a Hobartville. 
I suspect the pennies dropped. He toyed with this similar rivals last time. He toyed with them. Post-race, Chris Wallace asked, oh, where are you going to get him next? He didn't hesitate to sell one of the Stradbroke. Um, okay, you've got Prince of Boom there this time, Alpine Edge. I'm just going to say, you know, go to the well again and say, well, Prince of Boom won't be winning out of 1,400 at Eagle Farm. You've then got a market that's got Star Tontes at $5 and Ranch Hand at 10 Well, why? <laughs> she comes through the same race. And then you look at Barrier 16 and say, oh, that, that, that's your sticking point. But I'm hoping this is a Tommy Berry type uh, similar to Vancouver in the Golden Slipper where he's got him travelling comfortably, wasn't too worried about sitting a touch deep and let the horse do the rest. I think he's better than these. I think he wins and goes into the straight break. Pull that apart. <laughs> Said delivered with such confidence, it's very hard to. Um, <laughs> I like the Star Tontes angle. I think that's fair. I'd, I mean, she's got to fit in there somewhere, but I couldn't see the appeal in backing her. Um, I think Prince of Boom, I know I, I like what you've said and naturally after that nose last start I'm I'm uh, thinking about ditching my membership to the Zaki Hate Club and moving across to Prince of Boom. But he's got it. I mean he's got to be up the front of the betting. But, oh, of course. But he's no, um, I don't, I think you're right, I don't think he's measurably better than Ranch Hand. And I don't think he's off a, well, I was going to say not off a better win but I've, my very own, got my very own line, work yeah. says that he's it is slightly better, but um, so I better not disagree with myself. But <laughs> <laughs> man, I can see Ranch Hand being right up there, cozy with him at the top of the market. Anyway, very good, Simon. One horse I think is absolutely airborne. He's flying crazy. I'm just not sure where he gets to from that draw. He'll be much better suited in the last three, wouldn't it be? Which is you know. Yuck. But the horse is certainly airborne. So he'd be one I'd mm-hmm. sort of have in the mix. But mm-hmm. So you're going to settle behind Startontes? Yeah, well, that doesn't make I it easy. That'd be a feat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the cut point in the race. Behind her, and, dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got to have something unmeritable at the 60 to $80 mark. Um, I thought he went well enough at the Gold Coast. 1400 is going to suit a lot better. Yep, I could agree with that. He's probably He's probably next time. Isn't he? But, yeah, and unfortunately, he'll probably um, he'll probably run fourth sh- again. Yeah, and and show himself right off. I would guess. Yeah. So by the time yeah. we get a chance to actually get a return, I'm guessing it won't be as um, lucrative as it yes. might have been. But no. Did anyone mention Battleton? Does he have any? Uh, he was. What did you? I thought he would just win at Gosford. What happened uh, there? Uh, don't even talk to me. I thought he was an absolute stone cold moral, and I think Jason Collett mm. did as well when he popped him out at the top of the straight because he looked to be travelling, and then was pretty plain Jane to the line. I thought J Mac on Barry Seventeen, but the figures out of that race were poor. Maybe he's better on top of the ground, and he will appreciate a firmer Eagle Farm than what it was. Pretty testing late at Gosford that day, so. If you can be forgiving of his first up run and sort of lean more towards what he did at the back end of his first prep, because he wasn't far off. He went almost alongside Ranch Ann in that Coolmore, so I think he has to be around the mark. The one race we mentioned at the top, talking about how different the races are this week as opposed to last week, and that is the BRC sprint with Taxu favourite. If it was a heavy 15, I can understand that he is at the top of the market, but going through his best performances, good to wet. There's about seven lengths difference between his heavy track form and what he's done on the good. So if we are going to get in that 
firmish or firmer than what he's seen in recent starts, he surely is a favourite to take on there tomorrow. He's not one that you'd be chiming into a price early, is he? You'd be expecting to get a whole lot better than, than what you are here. Um, the only thing is he a different horse with Joe Pride? We don't, do we really know that, uh, given he's only been on, on wet tracks? But, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And, look, it's a tough race. I don't think it gets any easier from last week. There's actually a couple of new ones thrown into the mix with Tycoonist, um, Alligator Bloods, and interestingly enough, uh, for Gay and Adrian. Um, so I think it's probably a better race than what it would have been last week, and he's still favourite. So, um, no, I, I, I can't entertain him at all. Concur. We talked about this last week. I think Soxagon should be favourite without a, having a aggressive yeah. opinion, if you like. Is there a story? I mean, I suppose if there's a new story this week, it is Alligator Blood. Is there a story there? Are we expecting no, anything? Well, well he, he has trialled like Farlap, hasn't he? Like The times we've seen him at the trials, and even here in Brisbane, um, he was pretty dynamic. So... Um, yeah, maybe they maybe they've got him back, and it's a ridiculous price. It's it's a pretty ugly draw for him. I'm not sure where he gets to from from the draw, but um, and you know, with 59 kilos, he probably needs to be right near his best three year old form to beat them. So it's a tough ask, but I do think he's an interesting runner. And you know, Tycoonus I think fits in well through his Magic Million Sprint run. Uh, first up win was okay, but I'm you know I backed Dawn Passage last week, so if I if I bypass this week and he happened to win, I'd be uh, comatose. So I'm going in again at the the nineteen dollars. I wonder if the barrier gives him a chance to maybe just ride him a, a little more quietly. Um, he was they they did ride him that way when he was flying to the three year old. Um, yeah, like at, at the nineteen dollar mark, I'm happy to bet because my conviction is that he is a better horse now as a gelding, and I thought the Rocky Run was pretty encouraging. Yeah, that's all seems seems pretty fair. No, I agree with all of that. Taxu seems too short not even considering the wet track i just monte carlo madness like he doesn't win that often not even considering it so then if you think gee he might, his ratings might even drop away yeah he doesn't belong at the front of that market oscar zulu no luck first up at gosford i know you're still reeling from scalapini <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> this is the joy well, of the morning didn't he didn't he um yeah have to relive it again um, well, Scalapini ran a ripper first up in the in the victory, so maybe I'm giving a bit more respect to that form now than I actually was on on the particular day. Um, and as you say, he had no luck. So he's another one that I wouldn't want to be potting. Like I think it's a race you have seven or eight goes, and you could still come away missing the winner, couldn't you? Yes. Yep. One of those races. One race mm. that you have got down as not as open is in the opener. Pretty keen yes. in the roses. Yes, two hopes only. Barb Raider last week was prepared to risk because you know the wet track looked ugly. Doesn't get that here. She gets a perfect run on speed. So she's hard to get by, but I think Biscon Bay will prove the superior stayer to her. Uh, she was good in a VRC Oaks. She was second up into an ATC Oaks where she was quite respectable on the bottomless ground. She worked here with RNT on uh, Tuesday morning. RNT's a horse. She ran really well in the ranch hand race last time. She gave him a bath. Um, I suspect she might have gone to another level um, since the ATC Oaks and I think $9 is just ridiculous in a race where I think you've got to pot the the Gold Coast form. I don't like it and that just leaves you with those two and um, I believe Jamie Carroll's let this filly find her feet and I'm hoping she'll outstay Barb Raider in the run to the line. Yeah, I think that's a... Barb Raider looks... It just feels and looks... A bit too short. She does have a bulk of ratings that say she's good enough to win a Roses, and we talked about her last week as well. So those ratings mm. have come mm. in um, 
She's got the ratings, but they've come in pretty favourable situations, I think. She's probably benefited from a week off and better going, I would say that much for Barb Raider's chances. Yes. But she doesn't yes. make any – as much as she's obviously one of the better chances, if not the best chance, she just doesn't feel like a bet up the, the front mm. of that market. Belle Savoir now seems – she's a nice filly, but 2100 here is not where I thought I would make my money out of her. It seems very well found. From the Oaks, did you give Chris Lees' filly – the ex Kiwi yeah, really a chance. I thought she's um, yeah, she was okay. Yeah, yeah, and she's got a couple of ratings in New Zealand that back that up and say that that Oaks run in Sydney was, um, if anything, on the the low side of of her true form. So she could do mm-hmm. she could do better again. And if she does, put it this way, I'm sure. much more interested in backing her than I am backing Smirk or or any of the ones that are single figures. Yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, it's like I said, I'm, the, the first two in the Rosie Dynasties won it. We know the story with Gypsy Goddess, and then you know, to me, something else had to had to run the placing. So I just feel it's a better race than than the bracelet at the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's a buy for me. The first I won't be playing, but concede it does look attractive odds, especially when it's got the best last start rating. Feel like I'm feel like I'm, I'm almost getting you there to the line. I'll do oh. A little bit more work, and I can get you over the line for a. Eight past eleven, yeah. early three midday bet. Yeah, I reckon you can. <laughs> the just on that, is there anything worse than being behind at midday on a Saturday? It's just just the worst feeling. <laughs> you haven't even had your lunch yet. Flat out morning tea. Yeah. I do like you don't have to wait long for the first though. That's a big plus. I hate kill- <laughs> I hate having to kill time Saturday morning. One race we have to touch on, and yes. it did come up as our Dunno this week, but. One thing we do know, if that is she's there, anywhere near her best, she should kill him, Hungry Heart. Yeah, well, we'll leave this to Adam, but my comments on this race would be that I hate backing favourites where you know they're not the best horse in the race, and that's the situation in this race where Big Boy Roy comes up favourite because he's got that good, consistent, recent form, but you know that there's two, if not three there, that are better horses than him, and they get circumstances to suit much better than what they've had in recent times. Consistency doesn't pay. That's the thing for punters. Punters love consistent horses, but they shouldn't because it doesn't pay. You don't need – there's no, you're no joy in running all, like an honest – of course he'll run third, fourth. You don't get, mm. you don't get mm. paid for that. You've got to win. So you want the horses with the big spikes. But she doesn't even have that. She has multiple regular big boy Roy bashing spikes. Um, and she was a done-o for us <laughs> yesterday, but I think a lot of that done-o was about the ground. Mm. And now... You don't need to be worried about that. Well, the X Factor's come on and eased some of that done-o. Now we know. This is this is going to be reasonable ground. My, so, therefore, my biggest sticking point with her isn't the ground. It's um, it's 1,800 metres. I'd love another furlong. I'd love another three furlongs. But, because I think she's, um, she's a strong... But surely that, that 12 February run just... Wins this every time, doesn't it? You know, four lengths, I'll think it over in a hot um, group two there at Randwick, 1400 Well, here's the old, what price him here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but even though he's around her in that race, you know, geez. Yeah, it's, it is miles clear. It's miles clear. I mean, mm. the only one in the race that has any, that would could or would beat her is Colding, and he's surely, He's, dead. He, he's harder to stomach than she is off the – I know he doesn't like heavy either and maybe he'll be better back on top of the ground, but he's um, he's been getting lapped. He's harder to stomach than she is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think she'll um, – say Dukon, the sea walrus, he's slow. Creodirus is coming down to Melbourne maybe or is he in Brisbane? Where's he going? 
I hope he goes to Melbourne because I think he's got a little knockout chance there and people won't like him for the same reason, inconsistent, but all you need is peaks. Mm-hmm. But even so, his peaks are interesting in Melbourne. They're not interesting here. No, that's right. Yeah, it becomes a um, – oh, even even accounting for the two down runs on wet tracks, I, I think she wins. He's coming to Brisbane. Okay. He's out in Melbourne. There you go. Mm. Yeah, even accounting for the the misses last time and and treating them as as likely she's as likely to run those races as she is her good races. I still think she wins this fifty percent of the time. Okay. And if we're going to play the fifty percent of the time, so that's an even money chance. Even money chance before we mm-hmm. even consider that she's probably more likely to run a better race than one of the bad wet track runs. Is that? I mean, that's not a big leap of faith, is it? That's an assumption I would have thought. Yeah. So I mean, let's assume that. Well, then she's odds on. Okay. Easy game, isn't it? Oh, that's, that's nice and easy. And the wizard from an inside draw, generally more positive than most. So I'm hoping it's not a barrier trial and she's out the back because just put her in the race. Like oh, this, this just put on for her this race, isn't it? 1,800 set weights and penalties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's got to be big boy Roy. Like, you know, she's gone around, you know, bizarrely in Epsoms and Doncasters in the market and now she's got to be big boy Roy. And a broken colding. Mm. You know, you mm. can you can start being. I think Zaydani runs a race. I'm not so dismissive of Zaydani. She she was terrific on this track last year. I think she's going along okay. Sunshine Coast Cup. Do they have okay. any, do they have pre post markets up for that? <laughs> you'd, you'd be lucky. Oh, you know, they, she'll win the same race she won last year. They put on if they've got oh, that. Mare, they changed the race here. There's this 2100 meter mares race, which normally has about five runners. That'd just be a. I put on for her unless unless um, I'm not sure if it's set weights and penalties out of a handicap, but yeah. um, she um, she won it last year. Yeah, she won that last year, and that race caused Simon a lot of grief when we had to put all the race histories together. Oh. For, um, what are they the, doing up there? Wasn't it a fifteen hundred meter race? Yeah. Oh, what it doesn't know what it was. <laughs> that was yeah. The there was Tattersall's a f- gold crown. Uh, I think it might have been a listed mile race. <laughs> No one in the country is better versed on its history than Estenopolis. Oh, I had to go, <laughs> had to go through, pull it. But they just took races from here, there, and everywhere, and just said this is what it was. I'm like, that's not how it works, guys. You can't just create your own history. But that's what they've done. And uh, but you'll be happy. They to took know. our lead off the VRC, just swapping those two races around in, in Melbourne Cup week, just to confuse everyone. I know, but you'll be happy to know all the data is there and updated at Racing and Sports. If you want to go back and have a look through the race history, it'll all be there. And I guarantee it, we are the only website where that information will be available because it was a lot of work. And I'm really, <laughs> I'm really hoping people go through and click through it and make. And it'll be better. there on the transcription service right through the carnival. That's it. The best transcription service there is. Cha-ching. Now, You've like a few at, you know, each way odds. Nathan, can you nail yes. us down on one? Who is your best? We'll go two. We'll go Biscayne Bay and Ranch Hand. Two $10 chances. What more could you want That's from it? Tipster? Is that all right? That's perfect. That's perfect. better than all right. Lovely. Well, let's see if it's perfect at um, about 3 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. You're judging a lot harsher at 3 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> That's at right. this stage, it sounds great. Could be throwing up yeah. the cornflakes at 11.10. We'll find out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You run a nice third, and the Cornellas will go down the Gurgner and everything there. <laughs> As always, thanks for joining us, Nathan. We'll speak to you again next week. Cheers, guys.